Welcome to the Naples Community Church Podcast with Pastor Kurt Anderson. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you find this sermon inspires you, builds your faith, and gives you perspective to see God moving in your life. We trust God has great things in store for you. Enjoy today's message. And now, Father, be be glorified in our hearing and in our changing. Dear Father, mold us according to your will. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, our text this morning comes to us from the ninth chapter of John. And when I read, when I read the scripture, I, and I spend some time with it and kind of, and just really meditate on it, I come to realize things are not any different now than they were then. People who are, who just have an agenda, want to have their way, and they do whatever they have to do to get their way and to, uh, maintain whatever it is that they're trying to maintain. And so in this case, we have the story of a a young man. Jesus sees him, and he's blind. And it's an unusual instance, because oftentimes when Jesus is healing people, people are crying out to him to be, be healed. Jesus sees him, and he goes and heals him. He takes kind of gross. He spits on the ground and he stirs it into some mud and puts it on his eyes and then tells him to go wash it off. This blind man. And well, of course, it it happened on a Saturday. The Sabbath. And so the denominational authorities are going to have a heyday over this. Because it says in the book of order they're not supposed to do that kind of thing. And so they want to know who this person is who's doing all of this awful stuff. Making mud on the Sabbath. Healing on the Sabbath. Hear the word of God as it comes to us from the Gospel of John. Some of the Pharisees said, this man, Jesus, is not from God he's working on the Sabbath. Others said, but how could an ordinary sinner do such miraculous signs? So there was a deep division of opinion among them. Then the Pharisees again questioned the man who had been born blind and demanded, what's your opinion about the man who healed you? The man replied, I think he must be a prophet. The Jewish leaders still refused to believe the man had been born blind and and could now see, so they called in his parents. They asked them, is this your son? Was he born blind? If so, how can he now see? His parents replied, we know this is our son and and that he was born blind, but we don't know how he can see or who healed him. Ask him. He's old enough to speak for himself. His parents said this because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders who announced that anyone saying Jesus was the Messiah would be expelled from the synagogue. That's why they said he's old enough, ask him. So 
For a second time, they called in the man who had been born blind and told him, God should get the glory for this because we know this man, Jesus, is a sinner. Well, I don't know if he's a sinner, the man replied, but I, well, this I know. I was blind, and now I can see. God had his understanding to this hearing of his word. So the great opportunity that the religious leaders have here is that this happens on, a, on the Sabbath. But what happened was of such an unusual, extraordinary nature. There is no instance among all the healings that Jesus did. His healings had become rather ho-hum. He was healing people of all kinds of afflictions, opening the eyes of the blind and the ears of the deaf and helping people walk and healing lepers. And Well, the, the religious authorities had heard all of that. And, and so the fact that he healed a man who was born blind. So once occurring event. And, and somehow it just didn't matter. I mean, this is, this is huge what Jesus did. But they have such an agenda. They are so, they are so focused on getting Jesus and, and marginalizing him and arresting him and possibly killing him. They are so intent on their agenda that they can't even see the importance of this. They can't even see the magnitude. I have to admit, I've been distressed by some of the things that I'm hearing when we have the, the, the magnitude of what's going on over in Ukraine. When I, when I hear of people being more concerned about the impact on global warming, than on human life. Broke my heart this morning. I, I had the news on as I was getting ready. And here was a young woman in a hospital hallway, weeping her eyes out. She had lost an 18-month-old son. And all she could do was cry and say, why, why? Sometimes we just don't get it. If we're not in touch with the most fundamental, important values of, of this life, if we're more concerned with a particular agenda that we may have, then, then we don't get it. They didn't get it then. We don't get it now. And, and we, miss, we miss what this life is, is really all about. And what is this really all about but one another and our, our brothers and sisters and people we don't even know? That, that human life is what's the most important thing and, and not territory, not, not arguments about the Sabbath, 
That, that is so peripheral. And so they are convinced this man is not a man of God. Nobody would do the, such a thing on a Sabbath. It's absurd. It's crazy. And there's so much craziness that we see in, in our current set of circumstances given the extremity of this action that's going on in Russia and Ukraine. Who's to understand some of the decisions that are being made? It is about agendas. It's about power. It was then, and it is now. And the human story, the human story is always the most important story. Let's face it. Even as I reference what happened during World War II, those are the names that are known. Martin Niemöller, particularly Martin Niemöller and Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Those are the names we know. We don't know any of the names of those guys that went along to get along, who fell in line in compliance with the Nazi regime, who aligned themselves with power. We know none of those names. We know those names who demonstrated courage and faithfulness. And that's what's going on with this man and his family. They bring him back in and they start <clears throat> interrogating him. And he, he says, I've, I've told you already. I told you what happened. And then he says, so do you want to believe in him too? <laughs> At that, they were ready to <laughs> throw something at him. You want to believe him in, in him too? Well, of course he didn't. Of course he didn't. They're just trying to get him, trying to get Jesus. They're trying to get the healer. They're trying to get the man who is, is moving through their own, their own place and doing things that they themselves couldn't do. And it's undermining their position and their power and their authority. You know, with the eclipse of faithfulness in our world, when, when the secular world seems to be taking over, and when being a Christian seems to be worthy of marginalization, all we can do is try to learn some lessons from history. It was Lenin and Stalin and Mao and Hitler. They were not believers. They had no sense of accountability to God, none. And by a lot of different estimates, they're responsible for something in the neighborhood of 100 million deaths. The number one cause of death in a premature death in the 20th century was government. And then here we are, as an American nation, we struggled to do the right thing. We were late getting in. It wasn't until we were attacked by the Japanese that we went into that war 
even though there was a lot of reason to go in. But we, we are constrained by just war doctrine. That is the, the, the construct of the church. The church's effort to interpret how the, the government should be engaged with others. NATO is defined by the work of just war doctrine. That's why, that's why it is an utter lie that Putin would say that, that he is threatened by the presence of NATO. Because we have, NATO has no aggressive intent. But when, when faith drains away, when we don't have a higher value, when we don't have an understanding that we are accountable to God as a people, as a society, as a culture, as a government, as in politics, if we don't understand that we answer to God for our lives, then it's just the law of the jungle, the will to power. And that's what we see then, and that's what was on display, pardon me, that's what we see now, and that's what was on display then. The will to power. People didn't matter. And it just isn't heard as to what is of essential importance in life. And I love this young man's answer to the, to the religious authorities. Well, I don't know. I don't know any of this. I don't know how I got healed. I don't know that the mud had anything to do with it. I don't know if the pool had anything to do with it. This I know. I was blind. And now I see. I was that. And now I have been changed by the power that I don't understand. I hardly even know who this person is. But that I know. I have been made new. That I know. Blind. Now I see. One of, the, one of the great hymn writers of all time was Fanny Crosby. And um, her stuff is kind of sing-songy and kind of sawdust trail. And it's actually popularized by Billy Graham. And um, she wrote over 5,500 hymns. And among them, to God be the glory, blessed assurance, I am thine, O Lord. I won't go through the whole list. <laughs> but hymns we all have heard and, all, and we've all known. Fanny Crosby was blind from birth. And she was, she was asked by a news reporter at one point, and he said, I think it's, pardon me, Darn it. I think it's a great pity that the master did not give you sight when he showered you with so many other gifts. And she said, do you know that if at birth I had been able to make one petition, it would have been that I should be born blind. Why? Because when I get to heaven, the first face that shall ever gladden my sight 
will be that of my precious Savior. The heart of one who has been set free, the heart of one who was in darkness and who now can see, that is our work. That is our Lord, and that is our hope. You bow with me in prayer. And so, dear Father, grant it that we might see our own blindness and lay it before you in acts of confession and contrition. May it be, O Lord, that we see one another with eyes not unlike your own, so that we might be transformed by the power of love and not in any way do anything to marginalize or demonize one who's created in your image and likeness. Remind us, O Lord, that all belong to you. Open our eyes so that we may see. We ask it in Jesus' name. If you enjoyed today's podcast, there are a few things you can do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. For more information, you can visit us online at www.naplescommunitychurch.org. If you happen to be visiting Naples, please drop in for our Sunday service at 10 a.m. We'd love to meet you. Thanks again for joining us. Have a fabulous day.